talking to, I took a right turn. I'm Rosalie. And I'm Robert. And we're here to have some fun with you and uh, talk about the word, do a song, and live generously. Amen. Yes. Amen. We just want to share whatever the Lord has given us with you. How about that? Amen. You know, it's all about not hoarding, you know. We don't want to hoard things. We don't want to hang on to the things here, you know. We want to give them away. Yeah. The more, you know, giving, not getting is Amen. the way to go. Amen. Amen, <laughs> brother. Amen. And um, I want to take you into the Word. Um, really what I want to discuss today is words. Basically, our words have power. And how we need to be uh, control our tongue, which is really tough to do. And uh, be careful what we say. We really need to be careful what we say. Well, think of this. We're made in the image of God. God created everything with words. Yeah. Let there Amen. be. That's his right. words have power, and we're created in His yes. image. Our words. I know. I think that in order to really use our words properly, we really need to stop and think before we speak. That's a hard one. That's a very hard one. And so many times, when especially when we get in conversations with other people, we don't want to forget what it is we want to say, and so we just throw it out there. And maybe it shouldn't be done that way. I don't know. So um, I'm going to talk about it. There's, it's talked about in Scripture, um, in Matthew off and on. But in chapter 5, there's various places where it's mentioned. For instance, Chapter 5, verse 33 says, And don't say anything you don't mean. <laughs> oh, man. Boy, if we could just live that out right there, just that one thing. That would make such a huge difference in our lives oh. and in lives of people around us. Think of that if everybody in the world did that. Mm -hmm. What a different place it would be. I know. And then later in that same area, it says, In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. Wow. Manipulation. Bad, bad, bad. Well, there's another place in the Old Testament where it says manipulation is as witchcraft. Yes. Exactly. You know, we're trying to control others. We're trying to... to control things around us that maybe aren't ours to control. Mm -hmm. you know? I believe manipulation goes hand in hand with control. Oh yeah. It's a real part of that spirit of control. Oh yeah, and it's prevalent, I mean, all over in relationships and in the world all around us. Look at how, you know, people are trying to manipulate each other. Uh, com companies are trying to manipulate the markets. True. Countries are trying to manipulate the world. Manipulation. Oh, my gosh. Instead of living in freedom and living in grace. Right. Instead of just letting God run things. That would be good. <laughs> that would be good. Like Can you that. imagine that? Right. You know. And then it goes on to say, here's what I propose. Oh, don't hit back. This is about love your enemies. But it also ends that whole section with, um, and if someone takes unfair advantage of you, because this is what happens, when, people, when we think people have taken unfair advantage of us, we start to manipulate them. 
um, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. You know, if you'll do this, I'll do that. Now, you did this to me, so I'm going to do this to you. That's the tit-for-tat, and it doesn't, it just doesn't work. Well, you know, we are living our life trying to let Christ form within us yeah. so that we become a part of the body of Christ. Amen. And God, think how generous God is. I mean, he gives sunlight, rain, weather to everybody, the good, the bad. Everybody gets, gets his generosity. I mean, he gives heartbeats to everyone. And all these people, they're the good, the bad, everybody. He doesn't... You know, say, well, you know, they're not so good. I'm just going to strike them down and everything. You know, he doesn't do that. He's generous. He's generous. We should be generous. Yes, we need to live generously. Amen. 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 And in and, and Matthew chapter 5 still, the very end of it says, in a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Well, that's really two words. Mm. But. <laughs> You are kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives towards you. Live out your God-created identity. That's Amen. some strong words. Well, you know, think of it. We have, everybody has a self-identity. Everybody sees themselves as yeah. being what, you know, what they think they are. But God has an identity for us. Yes. God sees us as who he wants us to be. Yes. Who he's created us to be. Right. Who he's given us all our, our talents and, and even our desires are perfectly shaped to make us, help us to be who he's called us to be so we can do what he's what called us to do. do. So when we get down on ourselves h. and start talking bad about ourselves... Ooh. Not something God likes. No, you know, and and also when we try to decide, well, I'm going to do this instead of listening for God and telling us what we should be doing. You know, that's a, a big part of why so many people end up miserable in life. Mm -hmm. They've decided what they're going to do in their life and with their life. And even if they achieve it, it is they feel like a square peg in a round hole. Because they're not where God created them to be. Correct. Doing what God created them to do. Mm -hmm. And that is maturity. Like it says, grow up. Yeah. You know, that is a real sign of spiritual and moral maturity that we can allow God to lead us. But if we don't allow him to lead us, how can we say we're his servants? Yeah. How can we say we're living in his kingdom if we don't allow him to be the king? Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're used to this democracy. We're going to vote for our leaders. I'm going to choose our leaders, you know. I have chosen yeah. my leader. Oh, it's God. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. and, and once we choose him and give ourselves to him as our king, boy, this, this verse does it all. I mean, watch your words. Mm -hmm. Our words have power. Yeah. You know, don't try to dress up everything we say with all this religious talk. Oh, God bless you, and I'll pray for you, and then and never do, do it. it. The one I'll pray for you <clears throat> is something that years ago, I thought, i got to quit saying that unless I'm going to do it. 
Amen. So when I tell somebody I'm going to pray for them, you know what I do? I pray right then. Yes, like, <laughs> that's Me right. too. You know, I, I have want, to because I don't want to forget that no, I'm going to pray for them. I don't want to tell somebody I'm going to pray for them and not do it. Yeah. You know, but think about praying for people. As we get older, we get longer and longer lists. Oh, people list, we pray for all the other Takes so me a lot long. Of time to get through I it. know it. You know, just thinking of all the people we've said over the years we're going to pray for or we want to pray for, you know. But it's the idea of dressing up our everyday language with religious lace mm -hmm. to make it seem more important than you know we think it would be otherwise, you know. And if we mean it, we say God bless you and things like that, and we mean it. I think that's that's beautiful. That's one thing. But if we're just saying God Flip bless you, like yeah. hi, how are you? Yeah. You know the American greeting. You don't care how anybody is. Yeah. Everybody just says hi, how are you? But if you're truthful about it, your words mean something, and we should only say what we mean. I agree. Grow up. Grow up. <laughs> the word for the day is grow, grow up. up. Your kingdom subjects now live like. Amen. 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 Okay, so now we're going to go into a song, one of our homegrown songs. We're going to play a song for you. It's called The Servants of Peace. And we hope you enjoy it. And we'll be back after the song. <laughs>
enjoyed that song. We think it's um, pretty important, actually, uh, always remembering that we are servants of God, servants of peace. Um, and we thought it kind of went along with the word that we spoke about. So we hope you enjoyed it. And now Robert is going to read another chapter from the book. Don't forget, you can get his books at Amazon.com. Just go and in the search bar put in America's Trojan War, Dr. Robert Owens. It'll bring it right up. And when you see my name there, click on that. It'll take you to my author's page. You can buy all of my more than 30 books, one click, in either Kindle or soft cover. Hope you enjoy the chapter. Here it comes. Chapter 20, Too Many Chiefs. In Arizona at Fort Huachuca, President Parker was moving fast, consolidating her power and dealing with the worldwide assault upon America. She ordered General Shavitsky, her newly appointed Chief of Staff of the Air Force, to launch the B-2 fleet for the Middle East with orders to flatten Raqqa, the de facto capital of ISIS. She ordered Admiral Davis, her new Chief of Naval Operations, to command the 5th and 6th fleets to launch every plane and every ordnance available at any own ISIS stronghold. She also ordered Admiral Davis to send every available Marine and sailor with all available equipment to D.C. to take back the four hospitals with extreme prejudice. She invoked Article 5 of the NATO Treaty and told every member government if there was not 100% response, America was going to leave the alliance. She called a 
an emergency meeting of the joint houses of Congress to meet at Fort Huachuca immediately. She nationalized all state police in Virginia and Maryland, ordering them to take the enemy radios off the air and retake the four captured police stations and airports. She also ordered any and all National Guard units that can be spared from the Battle of Washington that they should cooperate with the state police and retake those four towns ASAP, once again using the term with extreme prejudice. Up and down the chains of command, everyone was glad that someone was in charge. They all accepted her authority and appreciated the decisive manner in which she was moving to secure the capital, the homeland, and America's far-flung outposts. They also approved of her orders to launch massive attacks on ISIS. Just as the newly reorganized power structure was beginning to get its feet on the ground, marching to victory, Mike Bender came into the big conference room that was the president's makeshift war room. The president was leaning over a long table filled with maps and intel photos. There are firefights going on at all four hospitals. Do we know who these people are who are attacking the terrorists? Asked the president. Interrupting before the assembled officers could answer, Bender whispered in the president's ear, Ma'am, you're going to want to see this as he handed her a folded piece of paper. Looking exasperated at the interruption, but knowing Mike would never interrupt her unless it was extremely important. She opened the piece of paper and without changing her expression, she read, Speaker of the House Peter Bryan has just resurfaced in northern Wisconsin where he was on a fishing trip and is calling a news conference in one half hour. Pulling Bender off to a corner, President Parker said, Contact the head of the Secret Service and tell him to order Bryan's detail to bring him here immediately. No press conference and no communication with anyone. If anyone gives you any grief, they can contact me directly. Yes, ma'am, Bender said as he wheeled about and left the room to carry out his orders. In just a few short hours, the courageous and commanding way Parker had taken charge had rippled through the federal hierarchy. The head of the Secret Service followed orders and much to his chagrin and despite his protest that I'm the rightful president, Representative Bryan was hustled into a waiting plane and was on his way south within an hour of issuing his call for a press conference. As the president returned to the conference table and as she listened to the reports and suggestions of her general staff, she thought, I'm not going to let that progressive wimp with no military experience and no balls take over in the middle of this fight. And from Bender to the director of the Secret Service to officers who hurriedly hustled the rightful president of the United States onto a plane, all thought just about the same thing. Once again, focusing on the, on the Battle of Washington, the president said to General Ed Brown, the new chief of staff of the Army and chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General, I want gunships sent in to support the people attacking the hospitals. I want you to find out who is the highest ranking man leading these independent attacks and I want you to promote him to a general officer and put him in command of the battle on the ground. Yes ma'am, General Brown said immediately, turning to an aide to make it so. It's been a great time with you. We've had a ball. I hope it's nice where you are. It's beautiful here. A little windy today, but nice. Well, we thank you for taking the time to listen and pray that it, we pray that it had an impact on your life. And also know that you can contact us anytime by going to itookarightturn.com and click on the contact tab. We'd love to hear your suggestions or questions or anything. Just hear from you. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Amen. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I took a right turn.